This episode of Sharing Things was recorded in early January 2020 before the extent and impact of coronavirus was known or understood. With this in mind, we want you to be aware that the subjects of death, dying, and near-death experiences are discussed in this episode. If you might find this upsetting, please save this conversation for another time. Hi, I'm Amalia, I'm a current student, and I'm the host of Sharing Things. Sharing Things is a conversation between two people who have just met, but who share a connection to the university. We start with a meaningful object that they have brought to the studio, and we take it from there. In this episode, you will meet Ellen Blunston and Rachel Weiss. Ellen is a fourth-year student and the Disabled Students Officer of Edinburgh University Students Association. Rachel runs a counseling and coaching consultancy and is the founder of Menopause Cafe. Let's see where this takes us. Um, okay, so we usually start with the question, what have you brought to the studio and why? Do you want to go first? Shall I go first? Go on, yours are all okay. so mysteriously. <laughs> I know, like hiding them. <laughs> um, so these are, this is my granny's wedding ring. And this is my papa's signet ring. I wear them every single day. They both passed away last summer quite unexpectedly. And they meant a lot to me. My family's quite small. It's you know me, my mum, my dad, my sister. And it was those two as well. So now that they're gone, it's a lovely reminder of the wonderful memories I have with them. And I feel very out of balance right now because I'm not <laughs> having them on my hands. I got them on the table. So those are my two things. And I love them very Whose dearly. Whose parents were they? Your my mum's parents? parents. Yeah, so we all lived in Aber- live in Aberdeen, and yeah, they were a big part of our lives. And they passed away about a month apart from each oh. other in the summer. Um, we, and we had such a, if I can describe a funeral as lovely, I mm-hmm. will. It, the church was absolutely packed. Wow. We raised wow. so much money for the hospice that my granny was in. There were so many lovely, lovely people. They were. I'm, I appreciated them while they were alive so much, but now that they're gone, I can appreciate the impact they had on so many other people as well. They were, you know, my granny was a nurse. They owned a car garage and they really did just touch the lives of so many people. And it's such a nice um, reminder of them. This is also my granny's watch as well. How lovely. Um, so I, I have what them with impact, me all the time. It sounds like they had an impact on you as well. Mm. Yeah, hugely. My mum worked when I was younger so I always used to go to my mm-hmm. granny's house after primary school either she would walk me home and then once I got like big enough I could walk home by myself go you <laughs> let me go um so I stayed there for tea a lot <laughs> when they were selling their house um there was ketchup splatters on the living room mm-hmm. wallpaper from where I was eating like my chicken nuggets and chips and ketchup as a kid, I, which is hilarious. Wow. I hope the new owners like have redone that room because my like twelve year old ketchup splatters would not be appreciated. Um, so I spent a lot of time with them growing up, and my younger sister did too. She's six years younger than me, so she's fourteen. Did you um, fight over the rings and the watch? Or well, was she didn't. not interested? It was, it was quite good, actually, because we had my granny's engagement ring, which my mum has. She had a lovely silver with, like, blue sapphires in them. Um, and my sister only wears silver jewellery, and I only wear gold jewellery. Nice. So it so worked, it worked out, out perfectly amazing. that we were able to get. And, you know, we found them. Um, my papa hadn't worn this in years. I don't even know if he ever really wore it, but... Um, 
it's got his initials like carved into the um, JCH, oh, which wow. I just love. I think it's great. Yeah. And do you know my... the stories behind the rings? Yeah. So this um, is her wedding ring, which I love. I have it. Put it on here, and it's got really cute engravings in the back of it, which I don't quite know what they mean. I need to work that out because I didn't actually notice that until recently. Um, and then I presume this was a present to him, probably from his dad. His dad started the garage that they owned and then it was handed down to my papa. Uh, so I presume this is a present, but it is, considering how old I presume it is, it's very in good condition. Mm-hmm. So yeah. presumably we found it in a, the back of a drawer somewhere. So I think it's just luck that I have it now. And it is just nice to have something of his yeah. that's mine. Yeah, a piece of them that you wear yeah. every single day. Yeah, yeah. I always think they live on in you, in their influence on you. Absolutely, and that's like a physical yeah. representation, yeah. manifestation so of of yeah. the the meaning that they gave to me. Uh-huh. You know, we were so close, and you know, it's just it's such a nice like I have a very distinct morning ritual where I put mm-hmm. my jewelry, and it's just so nice to like put this on and think of them and think of all of the things that we had and you know with a summer so consumed with grief Mm. that was very difficult for especially for my mum you know losing both parents unexpectedly was you know very difficult my granny's cancer diagnosis came and then seven weeks later she Mm -hmm. passed and then Mm. my papa passed a month after that um of a broken heart basically which is difficult but it was kind of it was quite reassuring for our family, I think, that his that he got what he wanted. You know, he didn't want to live, live on without, without her. her. Mm. You know, he loved her so much, and for them it sounds good, but yeah. for your mom, for those left behind, absolutely, there's a Greek myth that the gods visited a couple in mm. disguise, and then a big reveal. Hey, with the gods, <laughs> what do you want? You know, I'll give you anything you want. And what the couple asked for was that they would die together, so That's that beautiful. neither of them would we'll have, have to live without each other. And I was just thinking of. That's so that beautiful. When you were talking about your grandparents. Yeah, that is... Oh. And it sounds lovely for them. Yes, it's... Although you... Yeah, it was difficult, the but they were... The rest of you suffer for them almost, but you're saving them having that. Yeah, it was definitely um, an... Because, you know, when my granny died, it was so, so hard. But then it was kind of a very different emotional response when my papa then passed, because it was a solace, it was a comfort, it was a... You know, it's it's okay, mm-hmm. and they've got what they wanted. I'm not personally very religious or spiritual person, but it is nice to think, oh, they're together, together. now. Yeah. yeah, I like that mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, it's uh, while it was so difficult at the time, it's the best way it could have happened. I yeah. I think that's it. We never want them to die. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if it was just please stay if forever. If it was up to me, yeah, <laughs> yeah. everyone would live forever. Uh, impractical though it is, <laughs> oh, that's what we want. But it would be Let's great. never encounter loss. <laughs> but given that they have to go, yeah, this that is the is, best possible yeah. scenario. Yeah. And yeah, my granny had seven very happy weeks in a hospice. Um, she's was the most sociable person. There's the classic story of Misa six or seven year old saying granny did you know everyone in Aberdeen um because every time we went <laughs> oh, into yeah, town together was, she would yeah. like stop it was actually very annoying sometimes I was like I'm just trying to show we get on yeah. yeah like come on guys I want lunch get on with that. <laughs> um, but you know she was such a sociable lady who knew so many people 
And I love seeing a packed church for a funeral. Oh, yeah. And if, was... if we live too long or long, then yeah. there's nobody left there's to no come. There's no one left. Yeah. So actually, even... The, you know, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Good, like, it yeah. was... You know, it was just like the, my dentist came. Yeah. You know, it was... We had a table with a quilt that my granny had made and some right. big photos of them on their wedding day and some tapestries that my um, papa had done for the church. Oh. It was just beautiful. Yeah. 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 It was sounds like a good funeral. Yeah. Or memorial, whatever yes, it was. Yeah. And my granny didn't want anyone to wear black. So I wore a pink dress with very inappropriate acrylic nails on and she chose the shoes that I was gonna wear to and her she was funeral. smiling oh, down on you yeah and she <laughs> was she was, she was having a brilliant time uh-huh. she was yeah. like all my friends are in the same room and everyone's wearing pink so oh <laughs> yeah. that's so nice it was good yeah Rachel yeah. what did you wear uh, what what did you wear <laughs> to the funeral to Ellen's grandma's yes. funeral uh, I did see you there uh, thank remember. you for coming <laughs> I was at my cousin's funeral a month ago who killed herself so that was oh, tragic that's but very hard Again, we were asked not to wear black, mm-hmm. and they had a quilt. One of the other cousins had handmade a quilt for her, and that's that was beautiful. over the coffin. Oh, that's lovely. And that, for me, somehow felt that she was being, that we were trying to care nurtured. for her and nurtured, even though yeah. clearly she wasn't feeling that mm-hmm. when she was alive. But there was something about the quilt yeah. at the funeral and the wearing some colour and imagining her mm-hmm. quilts are hearing us. So there was yeah. the other episode of this podcast where um, she brought in the quilt. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to that. I think quilting is such an amazing art form. My mum trained as a textile designer, but um, quilts mm. a lot all the time. Um, we have so many quilts. We'll never get cold ever. Uh-huh. That's what I even in Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm, I'm warm forever. Quilts are just they're like another level of art form because I love the practicality of them combined, and, and I the, like the mathematics of them because they're yes. often geometrical. <laughs> I as like well. the the therapeutic aspect of it. Yeah, like making it and stuff. making it, mm-hmm. then yeah. taking so much time to do all of the steps, yeah. and then you're left with a product that you know will last mm-hmm. for years, and yeah. is also just you can literally wrap yourself. That's it in, in the love or the, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I knit. I made this Me one. Too. Well, you made um, that. Yeah. That's gorgeous. Yeah, just for, for the it, listeners, I, I I just I'm oh, wearing a, a self made nice uh, thing. Yeah, so I nearly brought my knitting with me. I'm oh really? Of, towards the end of a jumper. Oh, it is. It's my number one activity to do. But it is calming. To, like, it makes me stop and slow down. And exactly. again, it's all you said about it, when it's a gift, yeah. you're unfolding somebody, and it's personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and like when you're watching something, it makes you feel mm-hmm. productive, even though you're not yes. really. Yes. Um, I've yeah. started many a scarf. Um, I, I sadly didn't get my mother's artistic talent and um, I'm disabled students officer for the university and sometimes my hands just don't work so mm-hmm. knitting is like a comes and goes uh-huh. it's a sometimes I can do it and then I just leave it for six months and then I do one more line and then another mm-hmm. six months later one day I will finish a scarf mm-hmm. this jumper is about five years old Love the that. one I'm trying yeah. to finish off so. <laughs> yeah. but it'd be yeah. new when you finish it so. yeah yeah. It's fine. I have tendicin- uh, wait, what's it called? tendicitis in my arm right mm-hmm. now because uh, oh, I spent so much an RSI. time oh, just in one go stranger. making this. Right. So then now I just can't the repeated. That you yeah. Mi- like, um, yeah. The different types of knit you put in a zip. Yeah, the yeah. zip, the zip <laughs> is really getting me. <laughs> Knitting, incredible. no problem, but sewing the you zip in, I hate zip. sewing. <laughs> it's amazing. So that, that yeah, is another thanks. level. Yeah. Um, tell us about your object. My objects, I couldn't pick, so I have three. Excellent. But 
I think the most important one is this, which is my donor card. Yes. For the listeners at home, NHS donor card, because... And I just discovered you can get one with different belief systems on them. So I'm not quite sure why, but that for me made it a two-in-one card because I chose to to have the Christian symbol on it. And the donor card means a lot to me because... How many years ago? About 19 years ago? In 2001. My husband's life was saved by somebody who was carrying a donor card. And I'm just really touched that a complete stranger in Northern Ireland and her family... Mm-hmm. Because it's not just the person carrying the card. The family have to go. Yeah, we agree. In a moment yeah. of grief, you know, yes. thinking of that bereavement, because it was a sudden death, as far as we know. The generosity of strangers saved my husband's life. Fantastic. Um, my kids have grown up with a dad. They were sort of five, three and nothing at the time. And I haven't had to be a single mum, because I think being a single parent is very difficult. I take my hat off to everyone who Absolutely. does it. So... Any organ donors listening out there or blood donors, thanking you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you you're have not changed already registered, then register. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can stick the link at the end of the podcast. <laughs> that's right. Call to action. Easily done. Um, so that's my object that basically changed my life. And I think that's wonderful. That cheers me up when I despair of human nature, the cruelty, that we're also amazingly wonderful mm-hmm. as humans as well as amazingly cruel and I love to hang on to that thought. That's but, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, we're both. We're all a mixture of good and not so good. You know, in our best moments, we're just mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. And we have moments, we all have moments we're ashamed of, and that there's both in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than just there are good people and there are bad people. Yeah, true, um, yeah. Maybe I'm a bit idealistic. No, but I think <laughs> That's it's what nice I believe. Oh, yeah. to, to look out for the, for the best in people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just try to believe that everyone's doing the best they can yeah. with the with resources they, they have, have yeah. given whatever they were brought up with or whatever shit they're going through at the moment. Yeah. How did you feel when you got the message that your husband got, mm. or got, do- yeah, got donated? Well, a um, huge relief because we'd been on the waiting list for nine months. So oh, he had wow. nearly died several times. It's like, great, oh. it's happening. Yeah. And we had to get in the ambulance, which I'd never been in before, mm-hmm. from Perth, where we live, to just across the road here, Edinburgh Royal Infirmary, quite which a is time. now it's something else. Big ambulance journey. It was. <laughs> oh, with, um, um, Edinburgh Futures Institute now. I think that's what yeah. it is now. Oh, really? Is that what that Aha, uh-huh, that building, building with turrets yeah. and things. So when we got the call, huge relief, but also tempered, because you never know till you get there whether it's going to be a good match. Mm-hmm and whether it might have cancer in it or whether it's so trying not to get too excited. Mm-hmm. It also felt very weird to be in an ambulance going to the hospital for a dangerous operation when he was actually okay that day. Yeah. Because usually we tended to rush him to hospital when he was not looking good. It's like, this is a bit odd. Um, and we had the baby with us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. sort of, I was like, okay, little baby, have we got enough food? I didn't actually, I think she was still breastfeeding at that stage. And leaving the other two kids at home and having to arrange for someone to tell them when they woke up. And he was meant to go to my eldest's primary school class that day. Oh. So when she woke up, she, it had to be broken to her that daddy He's was not going to be coming in and she was not pleased yeah. <laughs> we're like well he's busy saving his life yeah. he can be glad in the long run five year olds don't priority like yeah it doesn't matter at that point when you're five and dad's meant to come to school he doesn't school. Yeah. yeah come on <laughs> do the transplant another day <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah i remember um, waiting because it was like a nine hour op in whatever futures institute that it is now in the turret um, so that that was a tricky day, but it mm-hmm. ended well. 
Mm. Yeah. So after that, we don't take colds very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're alive. You're fine. <laughs> you're fine you're <laughs> no good. sympathy. No sympathy for anything less than a life and death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that experience now? Um, we still commemorate it. We we have a celebratory party for friends about every five years on the anniversary just to celebrate That's being lovely. alive. Yeah. And I think it's changed. In my better moments, it means I'm just very appreciative. Like like mm-hmm. you guys talking about appreciating the view when you wake up. Yes. Yeah. It's like catching those moments of, hey, aren't I lucky to be alive? Mm. Yeah. I mean, in my worst moments, I completely forget that and get very annoyed with him. Um, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. As one does. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. As one does. And I kind of forget. <gasps> Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I had a. It's. A, I always feel like it sounds very dramatic when I say I had a near death experience in December, mm-hmm. November. But I did. I had a near death experience. I um, contracted meningitis and. <gasps> oh, yeah. No. Um, which was not good. So mm-hmm. I basically I passed out in my house. I spent two hours where I was. I was definitely awake. But I was basically just staring at a wall and just had nothing. There was nothing going on behind the eyes. Um, I managed to stumble my way through phoning NHS 24, which mm-hmm. took me half an hour to dial 111, which Gosh. was fun. I was then, um, I actually thought that because of I have a lot of other medications for my other conditions, I thought I was overdosing on something. I thought maybe I'd taken mm-hmm. too much or something had gone wrong. Um, my lovely friend Louise she took me in her car along with our other friend Alice who was just kind of trying to talk to me to make sure that I yeah stayed and they very quickly admitted me and um the nurse said we're giving you these antibiotics they're basically if bleach was a medicine um so they yeah so I got I had a lumbar puncture I had a MRI scan or a CT scan I can't remember I had as many fluids as they could get into me and thankfully um they caught it but I didn't quite realize at the time how serious it was until the consultant came in on her morning rounds and said we're you know we can discharge you today because you're going back with your parents she said you know if you had just been going back on your own we wouldn't have let you out and she said anything that happens within the next couple of months come back because basically if I'd gone to sleep rather than phoning NHS 24 Mm -hmm. I would not have woken up up. right which is it's a it's a scary thought Mm because as someone with a lot of health conditions anyway I you know it never really got to that point you know Mm -hmm. I've I've been in pain I'm you know they test me every six months to see if I need both of my knees replaced you know there's lots of things going on that's different from dying so different yeah Yeah. and it's just like I I feel so sorry for my poor mother who I phoned in hospital was like can you come and get me (laughs) um death is weird Basically. And after a year being kind of surrounded by mm. it to then almost go through something myself. Yourself. And my mother is quite superstitious. <laughs> Sorry, mum. And she very much was like, death comes in threes. <laughs> and she was like, well, Don't you've proved her wrong. <laughs> yes, I, so I've far. beaten the superstition. Keep, yeah. Like, still alive. Um, yeah, death is a very scary thing. And, yeah. you know, I can't, it's so interesting to hear you speak about it from a family member perspective because I think families process it more. I don't know if this is the same for your husband, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's just like, oh, yeah, that kind of happened. Well, mm-hmm. You know, I kind of joke about it, like, oh, almost died, but I'm still here. Well, you weren't at the bedside looking at you yeah. as your mum was. Yeah, I couldn't, I, was. I couldn't see myself. Yeah, it's a bit like I've been told childbirth, like, so I've, uh-huh. I have three kids. Uh-huh. But I don't really have the big thing about childbirth because 
I was on the inside of it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas my husband had to watch it. Yeah. So I think they're a bit like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if it's the same with death. I, I don't mm. know, not having been on the inside. But like with my kids, I've always thought, aren't I lucky I can have kids? Mm-hmm. And they might die because I know babies. I'm just rather gloomy because of the whole <laughs> death thing. And I just want to enjoy them as long as they're here. Yeah. Rather than, do you know the other way around, which is to think, why did my kid die or my husband die or me? Yeah. It's like the glass half full, glass half empty. Yeah, you've got to spin it. You've got enjoy to enjoy. Yeah, you've got to we've got. enjoy it and process it in a way in your head that doesn't cause excess harm afterwards. Yeah, it's it's such a difficult and different thing realizing mortality. I think yeah. we can't take it in because it would just be too much. Yeah, yeah. But people like you have touched it, or even with the disabilities, mm-hmm. you. I think you get a bit closer than yeah. those of us who just maybe bob along regardless. Yeah, you can see the storm coming, but it's always away. And yeah. then occasionally you get drive headfirst into it by accident. You're like, oh. Um, <laughs> and then you forget it yeah. for a bit. <laughs> and then away it goes, and you turn around and you look at the sunshine. And you worry about frost on the window or whatever Yeah, else. <laughs> like, yeah and you, well, you worry about things, and then you kind of... I think that's why the rings are so good for me because it's it's very grounding and it's very centering. Yeah, yeah, you can like when I put it on, I think how lucky I was to have someone and then also how lucky I am that I'm still here. You know, it's a it's kind of a wake up call to be like, Oh now you have to do something. Like mm-hmm. they did so well. They believed in you. Yeah. They wanted yeah, you to they do loved well, me. So they even would if be... you don't feel like it. Yeah. I've gotta <laughs> go. Gotta, <laughs> <laughs> gotta go for them. What so what makes you feel because you touched on kind of like the feeling of being alive and stuff what do you think specifically makes you feel alive or is there anything that makes you feel grounded Mm -hmm. or I mean you you mentioned the rings but yeah yeah I'm sort of a bit embarrassed to say this but it is my faith so there's this sense of being connected to something bigger Mm -hmm. and that can be triggered when I look at the mountains like on the train ride here and there was this full moon and there's just that awe yeah of whether you call it nature or I call it God, that just bigger yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, it's in the still silent moments because I meditate or pray in the morning and it's those moments. Otherwise, I would rush through life. You know, you talked mm. about being busy, Ellen. I would just go from one exciting, brilliant experience or awful, stressful moment to the mm. next without ever really getting that yeah. feeling yeah. of stopping. Processing it yeah. and reflecting. Being alive and being in awe, basically yeah. being in awe yeah. of the miracle of, Mm-hmm. wonderful, awful, mixed up, beyond our comprehension life. Yeah. Because <laughs> we that's... can't box it and explain it. No. That is so interesting because that answer is so similar to my answer in a very different way because as mm-hmm. someone who's not religious, as soon as you said what makes you feel alive, I was thinking about community and thinking yes. about people and it is that mm-hmm. overarching sense of belonging and there being something there that you have and yeah. whether that's from god whether that's from people whether that's from whatever else you believe uh-huh. for in. some people it's a, a belief system of politics yes or yeah. campaigning for the environment but yeah community, yeah, community and people you know yeah, and it's I, very basic to yeah us. and i we think about you know the best times that i have and it's times where I'm with a group of people and, you know, I think back to, it was Disability History Month in November. Sadly, I only got 10 days of it before I was... <laughs> nearly died. Nearly died. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And we, had, <laughs> um, and we had a lovely mixer at the beginning of that month and it was supposed to go on from 5 until 7pm and I got home at about half 10, <laughs> having drunk a bit and eaten a meal and wasn't expecting to have such a 
Great. wonderful, productive evening with these people that either I knew and were friends with or I'd never met before or I kind of only half knew, you know, speaking about these big issues. And mm. it felt like a productive rant of like, here's all of the things that I think are bad, that, you know, ableism and the problems that we have with the institutions that we're in. But here's what we can do about it. And we haven't done any of that yet. But we will. And, and you know you're not alone. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it's that real contact. I'm, I'm a counsellor and a coach, and we talk about that true contact. Yeah. And you're being yourself and talking about what matters rather than just... Yeah. It's so lovely yeah. to know that people have the same problems as you. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we'd like the problems not to exist. Sure. But having that connection is just so important. And I think that there are pockets of the university community that I just feel so attached to that have made my time in Edinburgh what it is you know the classes are great and getting a degree is lovely I would love to graduate that would be nice (laughs) but um, it's the connections with people yeah I was thinking what do I remember from my year in Edinburgh and it was the people that came to mind first yeah I loved the studying I mean that's where I met my husband he was studying here and some of my lifelong friends one of whom just visited for new year we hadn't seen each other for 20 years she lives in Switzerland and it was the international community for me because I was a Mm postgrad And it's people and connections. Definitely. There's so many incredible people that I've met here. And it's just, it's so beautiful to have a sense of belonging somewhere. You know, it's very different belonging to a hometown. The transition from school to uni for me was quite interesting because I didn't feel very settled. I'm from Aberdeen and I've never really felt a connection to the place before. It was kind of a running joke that... Aberdeen's rubbish and there's nothing to do here because there wasn't our like a fun after school activity was getting in my friend's car driving to the beach and then going home because it was too cold to actually go on the beach I was a student in Aberdeen oh I'm so sorry it's a place (laughs) 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 not to bash Aberdeen you're lovely but yeah so coming to Edinburgh and getting something that I hadn't really felt before and I didn't realise that I needed I didn't quite realised that I didn't love Aberdeen and I didn't get that sense of community there. I Shout out to my friends in Aberdeen, I do still love you. Uh, but I think there's something about leaving your home community mm-hmm. and finding your own one, where yes. you're yourself, you're, you're not the daughter of your parents, and yes. you can reinvent yourself. Yeah, you're a chosen family. Chosen yeah. family, yeah. I love that. And then I think when we return to our hometown, we see it with different eyes yeah. and appreciate it, but we need mm-hmm. to leave it. Yeah, need to spread well, metaphorical wings. Most, yeah, yeah, to come back. What you said about belonging, I think we all have a deep need to belong mm-hmm. and to connect. And I run menopause cafes. Yeah. And again, it's different because it's not really a disability, but it can feel like that. And the things that people say after it are, now I know I'm not alone. Yeah. yeah. So even though the challenges haven't gone. No, it's just, uh, okay, it's, it's normalizing the things yeah. that you struggle with. And once they become normalized, they, they seem smaller and they seem more manageable. That's it. And... There's hope. Hope is what we need. Yeah. Yeah. In a turbulent world that is full of so many things that are beyond our control. It would be easy to despair. Absolutely. But hope is wonderful. Like Pandora's box. Hope was the little one that crept out. Yeah. And I look back at the hard times in my life and it's like hope, faith, call it what, but that hope that Mm -hmm. despite, contrary to all logic, maybe something good just might. Yeah. Hope's a kind of... I feel like it's more of a shared emotion than an individual I one. I think so. It reminds me, my, my day job, apart from Menopause Cafe, is running a counselling and leadership organisation. And one of our lines 
as counsellors mm. is we believe in you even when you can't believe in yourself. Oh, that's nice. And yeah. it sounds like your grandparents believed in you. Yeah, they did. And they we really all need did. people who believe in us even when we can't mm-hmm. believe, whether that's friends, grandparents, counsellor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that keeps us going, I think. Yeah, very much so. I'm in the process at the moment of kind of learning to just like... It's okay. To be kind to yourself. Yeah, Talk to you yourself almost like died you two months ago. Yeah. Like, you're doing amazingly you're, to get out of bed yeah. and function at all. Yeah, so you yeah. can sit down. It's okay. Like, yeah. You don't have to be everything all at once. Yeah, self-compassion. Like self-compassion is so important. Yeah, and it's so much easier to practice compassion to others than it mm-hmm. is to yourself. Wow, I, I've really enjoyed listening to all of this, honestly. I've had fun. Yeah. I've had to put my rings back on as well because I felt really like, unbalanced oh, without them. I, yeah. like, I think that's on. so interesting that like as soon as you take them off, you feel like yeah, not yourself. Something feels wrong with my hands. Yeah, it's like as soon as I put them on, I become on. Yes. you know, I become. You at, are. You I'm, re- know, I'm ready Ellen. to you take on the world. Yeah, Whereas, it's like your protective shield. I yes, think. very much. Yeah. and it's just if I don't have them on, then it's just a bit. I just feel a bit weird, mm-hmm. and that's just after a few months. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. But then what a few months. Yeah, what a few. What a nearly few, dying what and a few losing months. your grandparents. It's yeah. been a. Twenty nineteen will go down in the books as like, maybe not the best. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we'll got like hopes for this new decade. Like, yeah. please. So, my um, so when I was born, I was given this gold necklace, and then my sister found it. Like, very recently, she uh-huh. found it hidden away in some drawer. Like, we had all forgotten about it. Uh-huh. And now she wears it every day. She wears it. She wears <laughs> it. Your yeah. necklace. I know, but it's... That's she wears she... sister move. I know. <laughs> it, it is. First of all, stealing my things. But yep. second of all, when she told me that, I was like, wow. that It's a link. Yeah. That makes me feel so happy because you're wearing Holding. my necklace every day. Yeah. Yeah. This was from my sister. This is my oh, other object. That's so cute. And she brought it back. It's a little elephant, wooden elephant that she brought back from a trip to India that has baby elephants around it. And my mum comes from India. My sister brought it back. It reminds me of my kids. It's like there's so much. Oh, that's beautiful. So much in one And I can stroke it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been on my desk since actually before I had kids, so about 25 years. Wow. And I really like it. Sisters, yeah. sisters are good. Yeah. Sisters are good. They are good. They are a pain. In oh, absolutely, the as well. Even when, when they're yeah, <laughs> fourteen-year-olds are never great. But my sister is, I have to say, a pretty cool one. She cut all her hair off, and then one day was like, "Mom, can I shave my head?" So mom got out the clippers and she mm-hmm. shaved her head. And now my sister. We call her a kiwi because she does look a bit like a kiwi oh. with like the little fuzz <laughs> on top. Yeah, um, but. She's so much braver and so much smarter than I think I will ever be, or any oh, person that, will ever be. I know, I know, that, but self compassion. Right, comparison think is the comparis- enemy of joy. It is, but she, like on paper, she is just better okay, than any of any other human that's ever existed. <laughs> so, like, that's not even putting myself down. Yeah, maybe that's down. just sister love. That's just really know? like she's great. She plays the drums and My she sings sister's opera. Even that, okay. Not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With her little shaved head, singing opera and. Wow, she's the she best. sounds cool. Yeah. yeah, you should have had her on. Honestly, she would have been like <laughs> in a few years' time. <laughs> in a few, yeah, she'll be here. Like with her, she'll bring along a crocodile or something. Yeah, a real one. So to end our conversation, mm. we always end with the same question. I don't know if you've heard it, and that is, uh, if you could associate your object with one word, what would it be? Oh, love. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll have to go the same. I think we've both converged onto compassion and mm-hmm. love 
and a sense of togetherness whether that's from the memories of someone that you've lost or the carrying on of life in both loss and then living Mm -hmm. I think love just sums up the community that we've been talking about um, the objects that we have and not to be cheesy but also like my Edinburgh experience ooh gross uh, <laughs> sometimes being cheesy is yeah it's okay yeah, it's alright <laughs> yeah and it, it is love like if if I didn't love Edinburgh if Edinburgh didn't love me back I wouldn't have stayed mm. um, here I am after four years about to graduate hopefully yeah <laughs> you will yeah. I hope so but love so nice mm-hmm. thank you for being on sharing things Ellen and Rachel thank you so much we for enjoyed it. having us yeah yeah a very very um heartfelt heartfelt chat thank you for listening to sharing things make sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes Spotify or your favorite podcast platform to catch our next episode see you next time